Welcome to Retrospect, the Observer's official podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Johnson. And I'm producer Nelly Padakshik. In 2022, ChatGPT was released to the public and quickly gained popularity. It sparked major controversy over its use in educational settings. As a response, Fordham adjusted the academic integrity policy to include their stance on the use of AI. Today, we will be discussing the new AI policy, its impact on students, and perspectives from professors and the future of AI in classrooms. Today, we are joined with the news section from The Observer. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? I'm Inzia, and I'm one of the news editors here at The Observer. Hi, my name's Alexa. I am also a news editor here at The Observer. So to start, guys, can you give us a brief overview on the new AI policy at Fordham? So the policy at Fordham is really shaped in three recommendations that the administration has communicated with professors because the use of generative AI has experienced a pretty recent surge. You know, administrators, professors, and students have all sort of been grappling with how to take on the the surge in AI. The recommendations are no use of artificial intelligence in the classroom, a limited use of artificial intelligence in the classroom, and a sort of full use of artificial intelligence in the classroom. But it's important to note that both the limited AI and full AI approach recommendations made to professors both uh, discourage the use of AI specifically for plagiarism. Yeah, and I'll add that the provost, so Dennis C. Jacobs, who is the provost and like senior VP for academic affairs at Lincoln Center, has stipulated that there that individual instructors decide on the extent to which they would like to engage with generative AI in their courses and how to do so. So ultimately, there since there is no FCLC wide policy, as Alexa said, it really is up to the individual discretion of professors. And we've had a lot of professors in particular say that, or at least I, I know that I have two professors who have said that we can use AI in classrooms, we just, and for assignments, we just have to be pretty transparent about how to do so. And the common note seems to be that it can replace critical thinking. When they say, or in your experience, when they say like to be open with it, do they mean like an in-text citation or like just like writing a note, like when you're submitting assignments, does have any of your professors gotten like into the like how that would work? That's a great question because I honestly don't know. I I wonder if it would be like when you're submitting a blackboard assignment, like you said, Morgan, to just say, like I originally put this prompt to chat GBT and then revised it from there, or I had like Google's bar to create an outline, but because I honestly haven't really done so yet, and I don't know anybody else who's been quote unquote transparent, I'm not really sure how it would go. The recommendations specifically say that for the limited IA and full IA recommendations or options available to professors, um, students should be providing proper attribution of sections in their work that used AI, um, and also what platforms or softwares were used in that assignment. And kind of going off of what Incia has already mentioned, that is up to the professor to determine whether that is an in-text citation, a footnote, et cetera. Would you guys like to share your personal thoughts on the policy 
and how do you think it's going to affect the student body? I think that there is honestly no avoiding generative AI in academics, but also in workspaces and even in our personal lives. I know people who've used it to make, like to craft recipes and grocery lists and itineraries. I think it's better to embrace it than it is to reject it entirely because it is such a convenient, sometimes inaccurate, but oftentimes pretty effective tool, at least to serve as like a springboard or starting point for a more thorough piece of work. I realized that like for creating study guides or just like answering pretty basic questions, it's a pretty effective tool. I mean, it can be inaccurate and it's oftentimes not as complete. It doesn't show like the natural stream of thinking that like the human brain would or like the written word would. But um, I think it's better to try to embrace it in small ways and see how you can implement it into academics and also, also like other areas of life. Uh, than it is to entirely reject it because if it can make our life easier, it doesn't have to necessarily replace our thinking and our own writing, but it can be a helpful auxiliary tool. The use of generative AI is not new, but it's become increasingly popular because it's gone viral and conversations about it have become much more popular on social media platforms. I think uh, the use of generative AI is definitely challenging all parties involved, at least in higher education um, and in K through 12 in ways that we haven't anticipated because there's been such a big surge in the use of it. I think the challenges now are how do we encourage students to be able to critically think and adapt to uh, these platforms that, as as Incia has said, are kind of unavoidable, to still be able to encourage students uh, in their own original thinking and to avoid plagiarism. Because what we have noticed is that you know, students are using ChatGPT and generative AI platforms for plagiarism. And so I guess with an increased use of technology that we've seen in our generation as well is, you know, how are we encouraging students and, and professors in higher education and K through 12 to still be able to provide the best education and engage in the best education with these new tools and figuring out how they challenge that specifically? Next, we spoke with Samantha Ortiz, a sophomore at Fordham, majoring in journalism with a double minor in Italian and theater. We asked her how she felt about the new AI policy and how she personally uses AI for her schoolwork. I think when it comes to school, it totally makes sense as to why they would prohibit it just because people will have, everywhere you go, people won't have the best intention um, to use it. Uh, I think it's interesting because I've also heard let's say, computer science majors who use it for their work, but it kind of limits them from the amount of research they can do or um, the things they can produce for class. So I, I think there are good, good parts to it, but I also believe that it can be limiting for some students. I, to be honest, I've been afraid to use it um, because of Fordham's policy, and like I don't really know how much they can track if I were to use it, but not even that, I just, I don't really feel as um, educated on it, or I don't really know how to use it in a way that would be beneficial um, to my work. Finally, I spoke with Professor Weber about how she approached AI in her own classroom. I am Michelle Weber, and I am part of the Leading People and Organizations Department. What is the policy for the use of generative AI in the classes you're teaching? Originally, I stated that I wasn't allowing it, 
And then I, I mean, honestly, Nelly, I adjusted it because language came out that was suggesting that faculty, you know, use this policy and they, and he suggested literally that you cut and paste it into your syllabi. So I wound up doing that, which was more of a, you know, middle of the road solution. Wasn't really forbidding it. It wasn't really allowing it. It was, I could say, middle of the road. So I mean, I went with that because that was what was strongly suggested. But like I said, initially, before that was communicated, I, on my own, I felt like I'm going to say to my students, no, I, I, I'm asking you not to utilize ChatGPT. Now, whether they actually do or don't do, I've come to believe, I, I don't know that I'm ever going to know. And I'm not going to spend my time and energy on, you know, spying on them because I don't think it's a good use of my time and energy. And and they're grown-ups. And if you're here to learn, then it's it's your responsibility to not rely on it, especially in courses like we offer in my department, which frankly, you can really go to town <laughs> with ChatGPT and put a question in there and probably get like three pages worth of answers that you could just copy right over and and hand it to us but I, i've never been the type to check in on my students and really try to catch them doing something um that was not allowed i'm i'm i'd rather spend my time focused on something positive and teaching them and making them not want to do that and motivating them to not even think about doing it because at the end of the day what is the point? It's defeating the purpose if they do that. So I, I honestly, I didn't even, I don't even think that when we talked about it that first day, that students accepted it. I don't think that people thought it was strange that I said not allowing it. For the last question, we asked where everyone sees the future of generative AI in classrooms. I see it becoming maybe less of a concern and a tool that is foreign and unknown to professors and students, and more so a tool that they are able to implement in in their learning. So instead of maybe prohibiting AI, maybe they would allow it, maybe it would become a more commonplace aspect of forming a study guide or creating an essay outline or building like the basics of trying to get through like some sort of problem set or understanding concepts. And so while I don't think it would ever replace um, the nuts and bolts that come with learning and trying to piece something together, I do see it sort of serving as a more everyday like starting point for building bigger things. I agree with that. And I anticipate that the school as well as other companies, schools will be creating new rules and regulations about what the use of AI specifically looks like in the classroom. I anticipate that will be discussions across departments because the use of AI depends on your coursework or your major. Uh, I anticipate that AI will be increasingly used in the future. As Incia mentioned, something that you know we can't avoid and will increasingly be part of our daily lives. I just hope that whatever regulations and rules, standards of use come uh, from these discussions uh, still allow students to embrace uh, how AI uh, helps them personally because 
all the ways that we study and engage with AI are personal and we're all different learners. So AI can be very beneficial to a lot of learners. AI may not be something that other students feel is needed or is helpful. I see it in very simplistic terms. I, I look at it and say, maybe the answer is just to have some kind of like contract that students sign, which says, you know, I commit to, or I promise that I agree to not use ChatGPT for my exams and in classes where the teacher states that its uses is not allowed. I don't know what more you can do. I mean, I'm privy to conversations where the talk is, this is what we have to do for tests, and this is what, and I just listen. I said, I, I, I'm just, I don't know how I'm going to enforce that, and for how long? Because I don't, I don't see that as the answer. Because it's going to get more intricate, more complicated, and then you become like a babysitting service, and it stops to feel like a university where we're teaching adults. And for me, I look at my students, and you know this. I look at you all as as adults, and I shouldn't have to be in that position, and I don't want to be in that position. Thank you for listening to this episode of Retrospect, and we hope to see you next episode.